The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hi there, everybody. Welcome to the Gary Neville podcast conducted in very cold weather at Stamford Bridge after a very warm performance, a warming performance for all the viewers, I'm sure, apart from Chelsea fans from Manchester City. It was, it was. And if anybody's watching this podcast who wants to give me a Martin electric blanket, then please send them to <laughs> us. We've got thermals on the lot and it's not keeping us warm. No, it was a, I'm going to say surprising performance from Manchester City because we've watched them a lot in the last few weeks and they've been patchy and nowhere near what we've expected in the last two or three years. But that was them back to the best. And not necessarily from the first minute. The first 10 minutes, I would say Chelsea looked like the team that were most confident, looked like the team that had settled into the game. But for 30 minutes, from probably minute 15 to 45, City were absolutely outstanding. And I think I said at the end of the commentary that it was one of the best, if not the best, uh, period of football I've seen this season. They were breathtaking. It seemed to turn on a strange moment with Kevin De Bruyne playing up front, which was a strange thing in itself. Um, missed a chance that all his teammates thought he was going to take. They've been short of goals and it was almost as if that agitated them into what followed in the next 20 minutes or so. Whether it was that that kick-started, it was certainly the catalyst for City and seemed to damage Chelsea's confidence because from that moment they just, they just got cut through. Um, yeah, in that first 10 minutes, we were questioning, weren't we? Because we set up the shape before the game and we had, I think, I'm not sure how we had it. I think we had Sterling up front. I think we had maybe Foden on the right. Um, Bernardo on the left. I mean, that, something that's, like that's that. That's what it was. But it was, uh, I think the words I use were fluid front fluid. three. But the, the, De Bruyne wasn't even in our front three and there he was playing centre forward, basically. I, yeah, I never expected to see Foden on the left and Sterling on the right and didn't expect to see Kevin De Bruyne up front. So it was a, it was a real surprise to me. Um, and it looked like for 10 minutes I was questioning, thinking it's an unusual decision. Maybe we'll find out at the end of the game where Pep Guardiola got that from. But it became evident because there was a couple of one-twos uh, from Raheem Sterling that disrupted and disturbed Ben Chilwell. And then on that far side, as Plaqueta got the runaround for about 15 minutes from Phil Foden. Um, so it, it really worked well. And De Bruyne grew in the game. I don't say he was brilliant in that first 20 minutes, but then as the game started to develop, he picked the ball up more and just obviously got incredible quality. Um, and it all worked. It all came together. But to me, the the springboard in that first half was Gundogan in midfield. I thought even when Chelsea were playing well in that first 10 minutes, he looked like the brightest, the one that's passing was really crisp and got them going. And he drove them forward. Um, and, and scored the very important first goal. Very important first goal. Wonderful touch uh, by Phil Ford and just to poke it through to him. That first one and then that little second one was fantastic. And... You see Gundogan, he's, he's a brilliant player. I mean, the first time we laid eyes on him was at Dort Jürgen Klopp's Borussia Dortmund all those years ago when Borussia Dortmund were electrifying to watch. And winning the league. And winning the league and in the Champions League, culminating in them getting to a Champions League final at Wembley, and we did those games. And he was absolutely brilliant. 
uh, around that time with Gotsu, Lewandowski and all the other lads that played in that Dortmund side. And then he had injuries and it just maybe stopped start and his game changed a little bit. But that today was something like, uh, we remember from Dortmund, the, the, the passing ability, yes, but then the ability to get forward and drive into the box and join. I know he does that, but he just seemed to be doing it all the time today. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. It was quite symbolic, really, because Gundogan's been speaking this week about him having the COVID and, and how it impacted on him and how isolated he felt, although Manchester City formed a warmth around him, so to speak, from a distance. And, and here we are with the Manchester City team. All the headlines about this game was, was it going to be played? Not, not how well Manchester City were going to play in it. Well, he had it at a time where there was a lot more, we didn't know as much about the, the virus and obviously there's a level of concern and... Obviously, it's been a big week. They're going to be, there are going to be cancellations with this virus, and City have obviously been disrupted this week with four or five players that have contracted it and that you know wish them you know the best of health. Uh, but they've shown today that without four or five players, and probably four of them, you could argue would have been in the starting eleven. What a squad they have! I mean, off the bench came Mares, came Aguero. Who else came on? Fernandinho. Fernandinho yeah. yeah. So it, it just shows you that Manchester City, what the, the squad they have, the quality they have. They needed that today. They needed that today. I, I wouldn't say that. Um, there were big. I think there's big question marks because of the, the heights that they've reached were so high. They weren't scoring goals, were they? No. I mean, I think it was what, 21 in 14 games before three in about 25 minutes here. Yeah. Yeah, and the goals are a concern. Not scoring a concern because they scored hundreds over these last few years. Literally. But it's more the body language and the intent in performances that I just felt had left them. Particularly that one at Old Trafford, it disturbed me. And I asked a few City fans that I know and said, look, were you disturbed as bad? Sometimes you you accept that you're a Manchester United fan and you're watching Manchester City and you, you, you've seen them playing a game at Old Trafford and you're criticising them even though they've drawn the game. But City fans that I spoke to were equally as not frustrated, but a little bit annoyed as to how they'd approach the game. It's so un-Pep-like. And I just felt coming here today that they need to establish their season. I said that to Jeff Shreves in the cross to Sky Sports News before the game. Manchester City have to establish the season and Chelsea have to come for them. Chelsea can't do what they did against Tottenham. Manchester City can't do what they did against Manchester United. It was almost except a draw. That can't happen here today. They've got to see the point of the season that they're in and they've got to go for it. And City did that. They stepped up today and that puts them right back in the mix. I think if they lost here today, I think it would have damaged them confidence-wise. The group wouldn't have been as happy. But I think they'll go back to Manchester tonight really, really buzzing. Well, Chelsea did lose today. So what of them? The opposite. I think they'll be worried. Um, not to the point whereby, you know, obviously we know Chelsea can be trigger-happy with managers or anything like that. But Frank will be worried. Um, he'll want to get back on track quickly. The, the, the performances have been poor in this last few weeks. They've been poor. Uh, and I've watched the games against Villa, watched the game against Arsenal, watched the game against West Ham. Uh, there may be more that you could name, Martin, but the games I've watched and they've not been fluid in any of those games. They look like they've been struggling. And I thought today when Ziyech was back, I thought, OK, that, that's, that's a bonus. Pulisic on the left, and we know how good he was um, coming out of lockdown at the end of last season. Then Werner up front, I thought they could really cause City problems with their movement, but they, they never really got a foothold in the game, those three. They look weak. Uh, at midfield, they didn't get a grip of the game. And then at the back, they got pulled apart. The two fullbacks really struggled in the first half. And it, it's now getting to that point where I thought Frank had settled his team down after a difficult start to season. But now I'm thinking again, does he know his best team again? And he seems to have gone back a little bit to square one. But he's going to have to work it out quickly. He'll be concerned by what he's seen. 
He won't. Today, I think less so. Second half, I think he'll be happy. He'll be happy with that goal at the end. But he's got to sort this out quickly here because ultimately it's a club that needs success with the money they've spent. And at this moment, it's a it's a it's a problem for him. The, the, the performances are, are a struggle. They, they don't look happy out on the pitch as a team. I don't mean happy as in the body language. I mean happy in terms of playing with each other and the, the combinations. They don't look like they've got sort of the, the right rhythm in the game. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Everyone's still looking up at Liverpool, who we must make clear when we're talking here haven't played. They've got their game at Southampton to come live on Monday Night Football. But level on points now, joint top, as you like to call it, uh, second in the league table are Manchester United. And, and you were there on, uh, on Friday in uh, a game against a very good-looking Aston Villa side. Really good, really good Villa side. Watching Villa last season, this is completely a different proposition. They really were good in the game. They contributed, as both teams did, to a brilliant game of football. It was end-to-end. -end. And I was massively impressed with Villa. Ollie Watkins up front, I think when he just gets that little turn of luck and it just starts going in for him, they could start to become even more dangerous because they just looked really good in defence. They looked like they were good in midfield, good in possession. McGinn was outstanding. Grealish looks a different level than the player that we know. We know he had the talent and the potential, but we've seen talent and potential, but talent and potential has to go on and deliver, and particularly today. And maybe that's always, but particularly today, the numbers, Martin, that these lads are achieving, the Salas, Messi's, Ronaldo's, Harry Kane's, the numbers that these players' assists and goals are out off, off the scale. And Jack Grealish is a number 10. If you're not scoring goals and assisting goals all the time, you're going to be seen as a... A luxury. You're going to be seen as something who basically, you know, style over substance, which is what was levelled in him a year or so ago. It's not like that anymore. It's a really top performance that from him on Friday night. I was massively impressed with him at Old Trafford. United had to be at full pelt to win that game and get a little bit of good fortune as well along the way. So it was a, it was a big, 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 big win for United. It put them, as you say, joint top. As you say. <laughs> well, I only used it last week. Just a little, just a little, you know, tweet the tail of the tiger and all that. It worked a little bit, so I thought I'll use it again. Um, and we've got Liverpool and against Manchester United oh, coming I'm up. I'm so in, looking uh, forward to that, Martin. And not, days, not, because, yeah. not because I'm sat here, or stood here actually, <laughs> thinking that Manchester United are going to go to Anfield and win, but Manchester United have become competitive out of nowhere. Mm. I mean, six weeks, when was that Manchester derby? Was it four weeks ago? And I remember myself, Roy Keane and Michael Richards were sat on that platform at Old Trafford saying that Chelsea and Liverpool and Tottenham we're far ahead of the two Manchester clubs at this moment in time. And now we come off the back of this Manchester City performance today and they'll feel a lot better after that. And Manchester United sat there 
out of some real awful first half performances mainly. Um, like I say, level on points with Liverpool. If you just said at the start of this season or even five weeks ago that Manchester United would be level on points with Liverpool, I'd have said no chance. That can't happen. And that shows how unusual this season is. Manchester United have picked up form. Well, what Manchester United have, we talked about Manchester City squad, they've got a lot of match winners. Cavani, Martial, James, Greenwood, Rashford, Fernandez, Pogba, all of them can turn a match. Game-changing players. Van der Beek, not even mentioned, not even playing at the moment, hardly. Game-changers, match winners, and they do it in moments, and they don't always have to be playing well when you've got that type of player on the pitch, and that's proving. And the performances are getting better. It's a work in progress. It's not, by any stretch, the finished article. And at times in games, they mesmerise you for 10 minutes, and then they can turn into a nightmare for 10 minutes and that's how they have been but there's confidence building there's a little bit of something just growing the spirit at the end of the game that you saw the players celebrating was nice to see because I think a couple of years ago I said quite publicly at the time it was a team that I didn't like watching wearing those red shirts and I see them now and I thought last season they looked a lot happier uh, playing for the club and this season they see them happier again and who knows? Who knows? I don't think they'll win the league, is my honest opinion. I don't think that they're quite there. But I didn't think they were going to be anywhere near the top of the league at this stage in the season, and they are. And for that, we will look forward to Anfield with great glee and hope that we can just tweet the tail of the tiger a little bit more. Well, I say Liverpool still to play it as we're talking. Um, Leicester, must give them a pat on the back. Two excellent goals. Uh, yeah. A uh, bit of a scare at the end at Newcastle, but another away win. And, and they seem to be set up to, to do that on a regular basis. And seem to be set up to repeat what they did last season. They'll just hope that if they can get in amongst those Champions League spaces, that they can finish it off this time. They obviously just fell away at the end of last season. But really good. Brendan Rodgers has done a fantastic job. Um, and continues to do so and they look confident Vardy's good Tielemans uh, scored the goal it was a fantastic goal that we just saw on our monitors here before we, we switched to this game um, so no they're doing really really well and, and Madison got a, a cracker as well into the, the top did I see, corner did I see the Madison one I'm not uh, sure. I think I was walking up, was I? You might have been. Or was I arguing with somebody down there? Probably <laughs> arguing with someone down there. But it was a very good goal. And, and it was these clean strikes always catch the eye. And yeah. Leicester are playing in a way that catch the eye um, home and away, but particularly away. Yeah. they still got an element of counter-attack about them. But if you think mm. about how they were a few years ago when it was pure counter-attack, it was that or nothing. They're different now. They've got football players in the team that can really excite you in Tielemans and Harvey Barnes I like watching. Even all Brighton on the right hand side, he was the one that played the passing for Tielemans' his goal. The quality's there. But what we've got, they they lost at home to Fulham, for example, and we've had Tottenham have some iffy results, yeah. and now they won a very important game against Leeds United. And uh, just a word on Son because he reached a hundred goals, which is a great achievement at any football club, and particularly coming in from the other side of the world to do it. And he and Harry Kane have got this telepathy now, haven't they? Yeah, I watched the game yesterday lunchtime, and uh, it was typical. Leeds game wasn't it where they, they miss chances and then all of a sudden Tottenham go up and score and then they miss another couple of chances and they go and score again uh, but on Son I think I said a few weeks ago he's a player that would walk into any starting 11 in the world any starting 11 I don't care who that team is um, and I don't hold back he's just absolutely outstanding quick intelligent assists goals unselfish a brilliant football player world class and Tottenham have got two world-class forwards in, in, in Son and Harry Kane. Um, and if they can get Gareth Bale out on the pitch and scoring, then they could even become more um, 
potent in front of goal. But Son's, a, he just does very few players also, I think, that play for clubs that I think probably most of the club's fans don't mind either. Probably like him. He's one of those players that you can't dislike. He just really... Plays with a smile, doesn't he? Plays with a smile, yeah. does everything right, looks professional, looks fantastic on the pitch. Does You haven't got a bad word to say about him. You really haven't. And I can say he would walk into any football side in the world. Final thought on this. Is it such a topsy-turvy? and It's keeping us with plenty to talk about in podcasts like this and our commentaries. But Arsenal, who have been rubbish <laughs> and now have had a wonderful week with three wins and they look like, um, you know, they're on the up again. And, and I suppose, does that typify how this season is, is shaping up? The, the league table, even before the Liverpool result, which, as I say, we don't know. Um, it's packed in together, isn't it? It's all very tight. You're absolutely right. And that... Arsenal beating Chelsea has just transformed their whole confidence and the way in which they were. I mean, they had those issues, didn't they? Were they COVID issues, two or three issues before that game? They did. Yes, the Brazilians. With, with the Brazilians, with yeah. Gabriel. Yeah. Um, oh, I forgot who else it was William now. and David Lewis. William and David Lewis, yeah. yeah. And all of a sudden, out of that, and you see City here today without three or four players, and all of a sudden, out of that, you see what you get. And sometimes you can just fall upon something because of other circumstances that you don't expect and don't think will help you. But in the end just gives an opportunity to others and look what happened to Arsenal. They look a completely different team this last week and look like a group of players who really all of a sudden have got that energy and that body language is back. And it is confidence. I know you say that all the time. And But for Arsenal now, you know, he was under pressure a couple of weeks ago. It Mikel Arteta, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer four weeks ago. Now it's Frank Lampard will come under a little bit of pressure, I'm sure, tonight in the next few days. And it is that type of season that is doing that to us where... It's conning us a little bit and it'll do a little bit more because we know in this next few weeks, clubs, there are going to be some games called off. They're going to be clubs who haven't got players uh, because of COVID and other reasons, you know, coming into a part of the year where there's lots of games and you might pick up injuries as well. So there's going to be, be a major test, but we must keep going because the football is really good in the last few weeks. It's been really good. And I think if you took football away at this moment in time, and I'm not saying football should carry on regardless. If there is a health risk presented, then we should stop. But there isn't at this moment in time. Football has operated safely. The Premier League have operated safely. It's only one or two. Well, I think we've lost four specific games through specific set of circumstances at those clubs. And we may lose another four, Martin. We might lose another six, but that's not a problem. You know, one of the concerns with football coming back the first time around, I was one of the sceptics of football coming back too early the first time around because we didn't know a lot about the virus and I thought we should be really cautious. But then when it returned in Germany and things started to shift a little bit and the cases started to come down, one of the real concerns was that, you know, the ambulances couldn't be at the ground because of, you know, overwhelming the hospitals and other such, obviously, things that were occurring. But I think because football has operated in the way in which it has, which without putting pressure on the NHS, with obviously giving so many at home so much joy in this time and respite and relief, I would imagine, and release away from the fact that obviously they can't go out and other such things, and the fact that the people within the stadium, the players, the staff, the media, the stewards, the people who are all responsible for putting the games on, are all able to operate safely, then we should continue. And I really feel strongly about that uh, because I think that this moment in time, football's proven that it can operate safely. Construction is operating safely and has continued. Manufacturing has continued, has proven to operate safely. And so has football. So it should fall into the same category. And it seems to me at this moment in time, that is the case. And people shouldn't be too spooked by the fact that games are called off. Um, my gripe in the last couple of weeks has been a little bit about the late call off of games, two or three hours before, four hours before. I think we can plan better than that. But we are in unique circumstances and sometimes... 
you know, we are reacting and show the Premier League and the, the players and the clubs are reacting to circumstances that they've not seen before. So we may get some of those instances. But if three games got called off in the weekend, I think seven or eight League One and two games were lost this weekend, that's going to happen. We're going to lose football matches, but then they can be played again in the coming months. The major issue is that there aren't health risks presented to the people who are running the matches, operating the matches and playing in the matches and serving the players to play the match. And at this moment, we're not getting those issues, so we should continue. As will the podcast. Gary, thank you. Hope so. <laughs> See you at Old Trafford on Wednesday. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.